You got the chill. The chill, chill, chill. Everybody's ego takes a shot on this show. This is Rutledge and Hamilton with Jim Rutledge and Matt Hamilton, presented by Coors Light on 100.5 ESPN. Never been successful ever in the history of NFL have you gone with a first-year starter with all one or two-year pass catchers and had a successful offensive season. Counterpoint, Cincinnati Bengals 2021. Jamal Number Chase one pick overall. It, it's not the same. Broadcasting live from the ESPN Madison studio with Matt Hamilton, here's Jim Rutledge. Looked it up. T. Higgins had a thousand yard uh, season the year before. Joe Burrow started ten games. Both tight ends had forty catches or more. So, false narrative. Fake news from Alex Stroh. Let's listen to what you said again. Never been successful ever in the history of NFL. Right. Have you gone with a first year starter with all one or two year pass catchers and had a successful offensive season? Not a first year starter. So immediately I'm correct because. Joe Burrow had 10 NFL starts before the year he went and went 10-7 and seven and went to the Super so Bowl. So his first complete season as a starter. No, I didn't Super say Bowl. complete, though. So, again, fake news. Don't try to splice my words. This is Rutledge and Hamilton. We're sitting by Coors Light. Uh, 844-770-3776. Jordan Love has won. That means it's not his first year starting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Under Jim's umbrella. Nope. Uh, the Adam and Madison chimes in. Can't make orange sauce without yellow mustard. The Adam and Madison, look, yellow mustard, I agree, has... A, a purpose for being mixed into things. It's just if I get a hot dog, obviously I'm not putting ketchup on it, nor am I putting yellow mustard on it. I'm going to get a Chicago style dog or I will just do it with like a horseradish mustard. Or horseradish. I'm not putting I mean I'll eat. Now you call me a picky eater. If I went to someone's house or barbecue, whatever, like, I've gone to stuff, my in-laws they'll have yellow mustard on I just won't put it on my burger. Right. I'm not going to not eat these things. Gravy, I just don't put it on. These are all options. These are all things I don't put on my food, but I'm not putting anyone out. If someone made something, I'm going to eat it because I'm polite. I'm just not going to choose to eat it. Poutine? If I have my my you know my actual choice, I'll just choose not to eat you it. You eating poutine? I, yeah, tell me what that is. Poutine is literally oh, just it's so good. Uh, French fries. They'll sprinkle some cheese curds on them, like unfried. And then a ladle full of gravy. That sounds absolutely disgusting. Oh, nope. my goodness. It's fantastic. It's delicious. Uh, Jim is objectively a picky eater. But, hey, this uh, tweet came in from Austin. I was going to read it, so go ahead. I love Jim, but I'm more and more convinced Jim hates food that tastes good. No bread. No fish fry. No gravy. I'm assuming no stuffing on Thanksgiving because it's just delicious bread. No yellow mustard. <laughs> no American cheese. Also, smash burgers cooked in mustard are A+. So, Jim, do you just not like food that tastes good? Uh, so, Austin, a couple quick things, though. Again, I, if it's cooked in mustard or it's used as a binder, I will try that, the yellow mustard. Oh. It's been in our house forever because... Trust with the cooking. Yes. Like, coat that sucker, that burger in mustard, and then throw it on the grill. You will you will be I'll try it for my... Like, I'm the only person in the house that likes mustard at all. It is literally only used, and it's yellow mustard, as a cooking device. My wife makes different food. <laughs> she uses yellow mustard in it, but she doesn't really like mustard at all. Yeah. And I don't think neither anyone do my kids. would notice it. Okay, so... I would try that. Again, I'm the only one in the house that likes mustard. I love, also the only person in the house, I love stuffing. Like, that is, like, when I was a single guy, <laughs> I would make stuffing all the time. It's bread. This is for my, the, the bread conversation is about the children. Yeah. Kids don't need to just stuff they themselves. Don't get a, they have to choose on Thanksgiving between stuffing or a roll. <laughs> because one or the other. <laughs> if you allow kids to eat what they want to eat, they're going to eat mac and cheese and bread all day, every day. That That's is what not I eat. healthy. Yeah, it's not healthy. Stroke. So that is why I'm not. Bread is delicious. Jim. We all know it's delicious. Point being, you can't. 
Especially I'm just with children, let the them bear eat. With you. How do you really your kids? It's no, I know that, but fine. Austin, Austin, again, I like bread. Alex was blown away that I like stuffing. I like bread. It is delicious. I'll have a bagel or I'll have toast with peanut butter on in the morning. The point being, and look, my kids get upset about it. Like they they want toast in the morning for breakfast. My wife's like, no, I'm making you a sandwich for lunch. No toast for breakfast. Like those are. <laughs> I'm just, You'll have eggs. I'm just blown away that you don't like, you've said today you don't like gravy, cooked nope. carrots, yellow mustard, ranch you said is overrated. Yes. Um, am I missing anything? You haven't been to a fish fry? Like, Ever. objectively, people that don't like all of the above right there are picky eaters, and you won't you won't admit but, it. Well, because no. Yeah, here, but just, here's the thing. Picky eater to yeah. me says, like, someone, like, my kids are picky eater. They won't eat something. If you went to, a, if I came to your house, you made a fish fry, I would eat the fish fry. If I went somewhere and they made turkey and the gravy was on the turkey, I would eat the turkey. So I'm not picking the idea that I won't eat it, but if Just I had my choice, yes. Okay, okay. But I'll, I will eat almost. I've had a million. I've tried a million different things because also picky for me. It's a matter of did you try it and not like it. So yeah, I that's tried all these things, and all these are texture. I've got Schuster used to be that way. He used to just say he didn't like it, wouldn't try it. Oh, did that grind oh, my that's gears? Your, that, I forced him to eat it. Now he has honestly come a long way. He used to hate food because oh, as an adult, that is that would drive me insane because it bothers me with my kids. Yeah, of I don't like it. You just got to try it. Yes, a- and yeah. Now again, with kids, at least Schuster's old enough to give it the real college try. Because with kids, is, they'll yeah. say. I don't like it. Okay, I'll try it. I still don't like it before they even actually try it. Right. This is Religion Hamilton presented by Coors Light. The Mountain Blue, you know what to do. And that's crush a Coors Light. I'm curious, Matt, if you do end up having a family, what you'll do with bread and, and things like that with the kids. Because it is, it's the just. My wife likes to bake it, so I have a feeling Right, that... but again, it's a matter of liking it and also what's good for your kids. So that's the, ba- <laughs> that's the balance of you can like something. I love ice cream. I don't eat it all day every day. I like bread. I don't eat it all day every day, and I especially don't let my kids do it's it. It's not like I'm going to let them eat it all day every day, but you know, if they're still hungry and they want, and like, or like, especially breakfast, Jimmy, if they want eggs, I'm going to give them toast with their eggs, and if they're going to get a no, sandwich, they have eggs for lunch, and fruit and uh, some and some uh, yogurt. Yeah, but if I they don't need bread on top. They can have more yogurt and more eggs, more fruit. Okay, and that's like how you raise your kids, man. So then you, you would tell have, people that anyone's right. wrong because they give their kids no, but I'm toast saying for that, like, breakfast and a sandwich But for you're lunch. telling me like I'm wrong by doing the opposite. That's no. a lot of bread, man. That's a lot of bread. Three slices of bread ain't that much in a day. That's a lot of bread in a day. <laughs> How much bread do you eat in a day? I, I don't think three slices is a lot. How much know. bread do you eat in a day? Uh, zero today. Wow. You all right? You feel I had okay? sushi. You're, cool. you're a little yeah. cranky. I had rice. You need some more, you need some more bread. I do. Blood sugar is low, and it's got a great source of uh, sugar. And again, if you're, <laughs> it's all different though. If your wife's making homemade bread, that's got different nutrients and better for you than store bought bread. No matter what kind of store bought yeah, bread you're buying, that's probably right. It is right. Eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. Is yellow mustard disgusting? Answer is yes. Answer is no. So we had played the schedule game a little bit earlier, and Matt Hamilton, you have come to the conclusion that with I have Jordan Love at seven wins. That's seven and ten. That is more than I thought. And, again, this is prior to the schedule being released, just purely based off of what I saw. I said six wins for Jordan Love. Seven, apparently, is my new ceiling for him. So I'm sticking with seven now. 844-770-3776. Tom uh, chimes in. If extra bread is the worst thing my kids get into, I'm in pretty good shape. That's true. But we just can eliminate one more thing that they get into. That's it. (laughs) This has been Parenting with Jim Rutledge.
<laughs> I wish people would do this for me and like help my diet. <laughs> I wish I I wish I had someone portioning out. People are giving out. you semi glutite. Right, and that that is helping. My good friends at Carbon World Health are hooking me up with semi glutite, and they have dietary. Uh, uh, What's the word they have there? Like dietary specialists over oh, at Carbon World Health. They will tell you what I'm telling you. Don't eat bread all day every day, Matt Hamilton. But semi-glutite <laughs> will help as well. It's the only FDA-approved weight loss treatment. It is simple. It is safe. It will help you burn fat, not muscle. I just did my weigh-in today. I'm a 10% body fat and 200 pounds. And why am I still at 200 pounds when I've dropped from 226 to 200? Because I keep on getting stronger, Matt. You saw me yesterday. Wow. I was just crushing balls out there. Just hitting them so far. Farther, uh, legitimately farther than I was the last time we, I went we out We didn't golfing. give him hard enough time for that. He, he, he told us at least 10 times. Absolutely. Man, carbon. Yeah, it's just yeah, really yeah, making yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm hitting these balls oh, way further, man. Right. We didn't give, I was like another library. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you didn't give me enough hard time because if you go to Carbon World Health, uh, you'd be able to hit the ball. <laughs> When someone swings and misses yeah. roughly 16 times overall. Stroke, you were in no position to give yeah. anyone a hard time yesterday. Uh, okay, well, Anything I, I said, you didn't give them I, I could just go off the rails yesterday because I knew that after Alex, nothing else was happening out there it's, as far as like coming back from stories. Yeah, Strophy, and here's a little rule of thumb. When you're going to pick on someone on the golf course, you pick on the guy who doesn't hit the ball as opposed to the guy who hits it too hard because <laughs> you don't want to be the one who gets hit too hard. Anyways, go to Carbon World Health, <laughs> sign up for the six-week experience. This is Rutledge and Hamilton, and uh, Matt Hamilton, we got a lot of texts coming in here. Uh, more and more on the talk of text line. Sadler chimes in with, uh, he loves ranch, Mountain Dew, ketchup, mustard, American cheese, and he loves the Packers. So there you go. You got Sadler in your corner. Perfect. This is Rutledge and Hamilton. We're going to throw some stones next. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. Miss any of the show? Find full show podcasts free on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts. Live from the Spark Building, this is Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. He's Hamilton, I'm Rutledge. We're uh, yelling about food, which is still more interesting than the Packers' schedule being released today. (laughs) Going over the... Honestly, I would, have, I would have disputed you prior to the show uh, that the schedule is way bigger deal. But now that we've started talking food, I think uh, they are about on par. Uh, preseason, I don't know if you want to go this. They at the Bengals, home Patriots, uh, home Seahawks. So there's that too. I mean, honestly, I've never – I'm pretty excited to see what the rookie quarterback can do and see how he can go out there. The kid from Penn State. Clifford. John Clifford. Yeah. I'm excited to see what he Red Dog. Yeah, I'd be excited to see what he can do in uh, preseason. Jim really wanted some love for that comment. He looked right at me with a smile on his face after he said Clifford I the did. Big Red Dog. I did. I w- not so much wanted love. I wanted to know if that was good or bad. You did not do anything. Oh, it, it wasn't good. It was good. Yeah. Very good. It's as good as American cheese in your eyes. Mm, okay. That was worse <laughs> than my Clifford the Big Red Dog. Let's throw some stones. The guys live in glass houses. But that's never stopped them before. I think he's a bum. I think he's an absolute bum. It's time to throw some stones. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? On Rutledge and Hamilton, brought to you by Metro Kia Madison, Madison's trusted Kia dealership. It is time to throw some stones here on Rutledge and Hamilton each and every day. I scour the interwebs to figure out what the heck has happened in the last 24. I've got questions. Jim and Matt have answers. I'll score them throughout, and at the end, we will crown a winner. Of throwing stones here on a Thursday. All right, fellas, let's start in the NFL as a lot of schedule announcements, of course, coming out. But also some 
honoree announcements coming out as the New England Patriots have announced they will honor freshly retired quarterback Tom Brady in their week one game. Jim Rutledge, I ask you, as of course he left New England, went and won a Super Bowl Tampa. Is this too soon to be honoring Brady for the New England Patriots week one of the 2023 season? No, I mean, Brady is, we've talked about it before, he's a one-of-one, he kind of breaks the sport, like Gretzky with hockey, Jordan with basketball, Brady's that guy for football, and look, he left, his contract went out and he left, so it's a little different than, you know, what happened with uh, Favre and Rodgers, and you can't get mad at success somewhere else, a different conference, not like he knocked out the Patriots to win the Super Bowl, so I have no problem with it, and I actually love that it's going to play out like this. And I hope Brady immediately can be an ambassador for the Patriots because he did things the right way. And then he also could be an ambassador for the Bucks. But no, I think this is great. Again, Brady, goat, honor it. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, if they're confident that Brady's not going to come out of retirement, then this is a good move. But <laughs> if he comes out, this is uh, a little preemptive. But he did so much for that organization, all the rings. Like, yeah, you got to honor him sometime. Seems like as good a time as any uh, right now, but yeah, I, I do think Strofe, it's a little on the early side. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, I think it's I think it's very early, but hey, it is honor him makes it harder to come back. He is the exception, not the rule, of course, as Jim called him. He is the goat uh, of football. Staying in the NFL, guys, Aaron Rodgers will make his New York Jets debut Week One on Monday Night Football against Buffalo. The Buffalo Bills. Why would you do that? I was trying to make it dramatic. Were you? Yes. I was. I actually forgot that you guys already told me it was Buffalo, so I was doing a little drum roll. I was getting into it. Yeah, see, he knew what I was doing. But why is it dramatic for Buffalo? Because it's Josh Allen? Or because it's on September 11th? <laughs> well, yeah, that too. Okay, yeah. Don't ask Rogers' his thoughts on that place. I, I, I hope someone does. I don't know. He's refreshed. I don't know that he'll go woke on us. Anyway, regardless, week one, Jets, Bills. You watching? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that game has so much intrigue. I wish that was the game that kicked off everything. Kicking off everything is the Lions and the Chiefs. Jets, Bills has more juice than that game. And every game Aaron Rodgers is going to play. I was talking to one of the trainers at Carbon World Health, Dylan. He's a Patriots fan, and he's kind of bummed out because he's like, I think we're going to be way better this year. But when you got the Jets the Bills, and the Dolphins in the division, it's a tough go. So Aaron has an opportunity to maybe steal one early and get a win against Buffalo as maybe, you know, you get that first game out there, things a little different. Yes, I'm definitely tuning in. One, Aaron Rodgers is playing football. He's one of the most entertaining guys to watch play football, so he's definitely up there for a reason I'm doing it. And two, it's week one of the NFL. I've got fantasy players going. I'm going to be involved in every single game in some capacity. So, it's football season. I'm celebrating week one. It doesn't matter who's playing. I'm there. Jimmy, I'm really glad you brought up the first game of the season. Lions at the reigning champion Chiefs. By the way, the Bills, Bengals, and Eagles are all scheduled to play at Arrowhead this year. And we picked the Lions? You guys think that's ridiculous as I do, right? Like that, I think that's nuts. The only thought I could put behind it is that they believe the Lions will win the division in the North, and now you have two division teams going against each other. The Lions just aren't sexy. If they go no. out, if they go out and win this game, it's gonna like ruin the game. Like for the Lions to win, it's somehow they muck it up for Mahomes and he gets seventeen. 
points and the Lions get 20 and a bunch of field goals and one touchdown. That game stinks. It should be Buffalo and the Jets. Heck, even Green Bay and Chicago would be more interesting with the rivalry part of it. Also, the Lions and the Chiefs do not... That doesn't even feel right. Like, Have they ever played a football game against each other? I mean, it just doesn't even feel <laughs> like a thing that should be happening. Well, I will say, Goff and, and Mahomes, they had that classic on Monday Night Football a few years ago, Chiefs-Rams. Yeah. It was, you know, they both scored within the 50s, uh, which was one of the best games I've ever watched, at least in terms of an offensive battle in the NFL. So, maybe it will be exciting, but I, I, of the other three opponents I just listed, Bengals, Bills, Eagles, way more appealing to me than, than Lions-Chiefs for the opener. Alright, let's move on. Let's go to something completely different. AI obviously taking over the world. This came out this morning. Influence, influencer Karen Marjorie, I don't know who that is, trained a voice chatbot on thousands of hours of her videos. She has now started to charge $1 a minute for access to an AI girlfriend that can essentially be a relationship. She made $72,000 in a week. Wow. Our, what do you Good think, Matt Hamilton? Of somebody that signs up to have a relationship with an AI. Well, it probably depend on the AI. Because if it was my AI, I would think that was totally normal. And you should have a best friend, Matt Hamilton, AI chatbot. But uh, that's a little sad. Uh, you're obviously hiding from uh, human contact. So you're supplementing it with a, a, a human replica. In a in a computer program, so that's that's actually like one of the saddest things I've ever heard. See, I go two ways on it because let's say you have agoraphobia, agoraphobia, or any of these other, uh, let's say, mental illnesses that maybe do make you incredibly anxious or incredibly uncomfortable trying to go out and meet people. Thirty years ago, you just live a lonely life in a basement and you never meet anyone. I think this is a double edged. There could yeah, be possible. You could chat with a real life person on the internet. You don't have to, like, just because you're agoraphobic a phobic doesn't mean you can't, like, but there's still, I, and go I'm, on a video I'm saying chat this that, human. like, but 30 years ago, we would have said, what kind of loser meets someone on the internet? And that's how a lot of people meet each other. So I'm not saying it's right, nor would I do it, but I do feel like maybe there's certain people in this world that this is a way for them to have some sort of human contact. Forget the... But it's not human contact. But it's still an interaction. Now, let's set it aside like this. What happens if you have someone, let's say girlfriend, boyfriend, let's set that aside. Let's say there's someone who's 80 years old, they don't have any family around. Okay. Could they have a person in the house they talk to? That would be good. They say to have a pet. So if there was a person in the house where they had a conversation with that at least gives them interaction that's making their brain work and tricking your brain into having an interaction, is that better than nothing? And I'm saying it's a spot. Let's say it's 1% of people. How many people are in the world? Like almost 8 billion, right? So 1% of 8 billion is a significant amount of people that this could help. There'll be a lot of bad into it, and it will. I'm just saying nothing is all bad. And I can more I concerned one? about uh, people who would need to use this, but I do think that saying that 1% of people might just never get out there and have any sort of interaction. That's 80 million people, by the way. Maybe I train an AI bot. And it could just do the show for me in my place. It'd probably be better. I just teach it my that points takes. for Jim, by the way. <laughs> could be better. Would it? Uh, have you guys ever seen the movie Her? Yeah, yeah. This is what that, when I saw this, that's immediately what I thought of. You haven't seen Her? No. Great Joaquin. movie. It's kind of about this. Yeah, it's a great concept movie from Joaquin Phoenix. This is one of the first times I've seen a movie that I have. Uh, I had to watch for college. Shout out to Professor Ingersoll who made me watch it. Uh, it was terrific. Scarlett Johansson's the voice, correct? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. And um, 
And yeah, it's just a terrific movie, and it predicted this almost exactly, which is wild to me. Anyway, uh, you cannot make this stuff up, fellas. May 11th, National Eat What You Want Day. I wish I was kidding. Matt Hamilton, what are you eating tonight? I'm going home. I'm pulling out three slices of bread. I'm slathering them in yellow mustard, sticking some American cheese in between, and then I'm going to dunk that sucker in ranch. It's going to be delicious. And if I'm feeling extra frisky, I might make some gravy. Go along with it. Okay. Do you want to give a real answer? Like that doesn't. You know that doesn't bother me. Like I, you can eat whatever you want, Matt. Well, yeah, that's I don't what today want to is. and that's fine. I know exactly, and that's like, what I'm doing. I want to eat mustard and American cheese and white bread and gravy and ranch. That's fantastic. You know what? I make a really good steak, and uh, I would, you know, I smoke it on the smoker for a while. Then I, I uh, kind of char it up on the flat top. Oh, and this is just a very. The easy version of how I describe it. But then, yeah, I would like to have that with that some asparagus good. and uh, homemade uh, mashed potatoes and grasshopper pie and then a Coors Light and then afterwards a little uh, Central Standard Brandy. That's how I would do it. Matt wants to spend his time being a troll, then he can do that. <laughs> I like trolls on this program. As do you, Jim. But it's not don't even a troll because, like, I don't care. Like, it's not a burn. That all sounds... Like butt to me. Like you might as well have said, I'm going to go like eat a butt, butt sandwich and it would taste the same. Wow, real mature, Jimmy. <laughs> a butt, a butt sandwich. sandwich. <laughs> it's about the same. A grilled cheese is not a butt sandwich. But Dipped okay. in gravy with ranch and yellow mustard on it? What is that? I honestly bet it wouldn't be half bad. <laughs> it would be all bad. <laughs> all of those things are good. I bet they'd be fine. I again. bet it would be fine. I bet it, w- it wouldn't not, be great. It would be the last time I make that sandwich. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> but <laughs> I bet it, like, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be repulsive. Like. No, probably not repulsive, no. Anyway. You just right. feel sick for a week. Last one for you guys. This is kind of a fun story. Yeah. Lake Monona, uh, re-innovation project. They're introducing, I don't know when this is happening, but within the near future, going to be an amphitheater, a swimming uh, swimming area, a waterfront restaurant, among other things, right on Lake Monona coming to Madison here shortly, which is super exciting. I don't know what the question is. I'm just excited. I wanted to talk about it. Jim, you're the one that sent it to me. So just give me your reaction to this. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, you can find it on social media. I'm sure a lot of the news organizations have it. What they're going to do, and I remember seeing this a few years ago, now that they're finally going to do it, what they're going to do to the Monona front right there uh, with, uh, you know, right off John Nolan and Madison is going to revolutionize that area, really make it a draw for people who live downtown, make some green space for people who live downtown, draw people from out of town into town. The only question my wife and I both, I think, fairly had to ask, they got to clean up these lakes because a swimming area at that lake, no thank you. If you've ever been down there for, like, Shake the Lake or anything like that, it stinks with how nasty that water is. So they got to fix the water as when they fix when they add the beach because otherwise nobody's swimming there. I'm super excited as a boater, just another place to uh, maybe pull up and get a bite if it's a waterfront food spot. Uh, I know that they do the, um, what is it, the Mad City Ski Team practices there and does other shows there, so it's going to be a great venue uh, to be able to watch, like bring the kids and watch some like cool like skiing aerials and tricks. And Yeah, I, I totally agree with you, Jim. I think it's going to be a great like little spot for the family and a reason to get downtown, uh, you know, all nights of the week. I'm pretty fired up about the amphitheater. Agreed. Can, you gave me a hard time, rightfully so, the carbon health thing. This guy, can we track how many times this this dude talks about having a boat? Anything we talk about. Well, as a boat owner, 
I like to drive my well, car. Well, this is directly. As a boat owner, I like to eat cheese sandwiches. As a boat owner, <laughs> I like to golf. Gym. I feel like you're pulling in some things that I have not uh, referenced in, gym. in association with boating. Right? He, he works it in often. I'm going to be honest, just for that outlash, Matt wins today. <laughs> outlash? That is a fair observation. <laughs> he brings it up all the time. I have a boat. Hey, you have kids. You bring it up all the time. I put more work into kids than he put into a boat. This is relative Hamilton. You know how much work by... he put in last year? You think it's close? This is Roger Hamilton. We said it by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. The mountains are blue, and we can prove it. Follow the show on Twitter at Jim and Matt. If it tastes good, spit it out. The Rutledge philosophy. That's uh, from the 608. <laughs> I'll give you a long list of things I like. I just don't like. Honestly, I'm just not a big condiment person. Like, I just don't. If you're making something good, you shouldn't need the extra sauce. And there's always exceptions. Like, you go to a restaurant, the house ranch, if they made it there. Yeah. It's palatable. Again, like, ranch is just not anything. I don't need it. I'm not saying it's horrible. I'm just saying that I don't need it. Same with ketchup. I often just eat fries without the ketchup. I don't need the ketchup. It doesn't add a lot to me. I'd rather not blue cheese. Maybe I would. So it's just a, everyone's a little different. You're all just judgmental jerks. <laughs> this is Roger <laughs> Hamilton presented by Coors Light. We're Matt, the judgmental ones. You guys are judging me. Judgmental Jim. Am I judgmental judging you gym? for what you're eating? I'm saying that I don't like it and you're all picking on me, Matt Hamilton. Bully. <laughs> We're not picking on you for what you're eating. We're picking on you for what you won't eat. Right, exactly. You're judging me. Yeah. You two are judgmental. Yeah, you spent two hours yesterday judging me. That's because <laughs> the world is judging you yeah. for that. And that a little more merited. Yes. Judgmental Jim. I He's, don't like yellow mustard. That's acceptable. I can't hit a golf ball <laughs> on eight attempts. That is pretty unacceptable. By hit a golf ball, I mean you miss it completely. Not you, but Alex Stroh. Yeah, like, All right, I shouldn't have brought it up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, contact my man. <laughs> I tried. I've never seen the. I want to thank you, Alex Shoff. I've never seen the yips in person, and now I have. 844-770-3776, how you get into the show. The uh, ESPN, Matt Miller from ESPN, put out the top 100 draft picks in the order that he liked them on ESPN. And there are a couple Packers on this list. Where Make a guess. Where do you think? So it, basically the idea of this is... Matt Miller goes through all his top 100 picks, and he ranks them as far as what he likes the most to the, the least out of top 100. But if you're in top 100, it's still a good amount. And a lot of it has to do with value and what the player will be. I thought this was a fun little way we can kind of touch on Packers who are highly thought of in this draft who maybe have an impact this year. Uh, in 844-770-3776, you can chime in with whoever your favorite pick for the Green Bay Packers was. But we'll start with this. Who do you think the highest-rated Packer on this list was? Venice. Venice, yeah. No. Shut up. Luke Musgrave. Really? I, I, so, I can run through so it again. This but is taking into account, this is like the value at which they grab him. Like we're so not for s- an example, uh, Jackson Smith Najigba is number one. Right. Because on his list. Oh, he fell. I follow. Yeah. I follow. So like Van Ness was a bit of a reach for the Packers, Man, right? Yeah. Like he was projected to go it's around like, then, but a little bit. Yeah, later. I mean. 
it's it's all i mean it's all opinions right like but this is again this is, was, yes i'm not but wrong wait, like he was wait. thought of as that it's was not a just opinions this is why i like it because well one he's going off of where they were drafted to the value and what sort of impact they can have sure so yeah and, to your point Matty. It's, it's not saying van ness is i mean look the, the bears have darnell wright was picked 10th overall he has him 16 and they, but they had another guy later, uh, the wide receiver that they picked in the fourth round. He has him number twenty-seven. Hmm. So, and there's a couple Packers lumped together here. Do you want to hear what he had to say about uh, Musgrave at number thirty-eight overall? Sure. So that's pretty high. I mean, that's a he has him as the thirty-eighth best draft pick in this draft. So, get all your feelings about it. That's still a really good pick there. If you have him is your second round pick as the thirty eighth <laughs> overall who's, best who's pick. Their Both feelings. of y'all in your feelings about it. Where, where's Lucas Van Ness? Luke Mux, <laughs> Luke Musgrave here. Van Ness boys over here. Yeah, what? The Van Buren boys, the Van Ness boys. Like, Let's go. Let's go. Uh, Let's go. Here's what Miller had to say. The Packers received this pick as part of the trade that sent Aaron Rodgers to the Jets and they ended up drafting a player the future Hall of Famer would have loved when he was still in town. <laughs> Musgrave has to remain healthy after being banged up at Oregon State, but his potential as a seam-stretching pass catcher is very high. And with Green Bay having a new starting quarterback, Musgrave projects as a solid safety valve over the middle. What do you guys think about that? I mean, I think I think he's right, but tight ends coming into the league, it's a tough position to learn. You got so much more to do than most positions where you have to learn how to run routes you have to learn how to block you have to learn how to block and then get out into a route in a timely fashion like i just can't see any of our rookie tight ends being difference makers early like like i can van ness so that's kind of like why i don't necessarily agree with this cool all right i asked you what did you think about what he had to say about musgraves i think he's right i think in a year or two, he might be able to do what he's saying, but I don't think it's gonna. We're gonna see that this year. Strophy? Yeah, I, I agree with Matt. Uh, I think I, I I like him. Right? We were talking a little bit off the air. I like both him and Crap, both the tight end picks uh, in day two. But yeah, great. Picks. And to Matt's point, right? Like the tight end position. I mean, every position, right? It's it's a big tran- transition from college to the NFL. These are guys that I think will be playmakers and will be staples of the Packers in a couple of years. But year one... And again, this is not year one impact. And, and this might sound like an absurd prediction. I would not be shocked if Josiah DeGuara was the starting tight end week one. This sounds absurd. But my point, these are not like year one impacts. These are value to the where they were picked. Because Musgrave, I think the other part of it is, if he was healthy at Oregon State, he would have been a, probably a first rounder. So he could have been viewed as the best tight end. Number 45. You want to make a guess who's number 45 on this list from the Green I'll go Packers. Jaden Reed here. Yeah, I think that's right. Carl Brooks. Oh, yeah, I like him. He's huge. Here's what he had to say. Defensive tackle, uh, Carl Brooks from Bowling Green. I thought I had Brooks ranked way too low at number 147 in his pre-draft rankings. Turns out the Packers got a huge steal in round six with the fast interior pass rusher. Brooks doesn't fill an immediate need, but at this stage in the draft, he represents a great value pick at a premium position. Do we like that? I mean, I haven't actually seen a any of this guy's tape, so I'm I, not asking. You know nothing about anyone in the NFL. None of us do with any of these rookies. I'm asking you. Did you like? What, are you excited about what he had to say? 
I mean, like both of you are giving insight of like, well, tight end. Neither one of us, all three of us, have no idea what a player is going to take to be good in the NFL. I want to know: Do you are you excited about what they had to say? Yeah, that's intriguing. It's certainly okay. intriguing well, to have to a guy who's things. big and fast. <laughs> this is an article where it's just saying good things. But it, he did say that, like, look, it's not an immediate hit, and it could, you know, he could be a great steal. So that's it. That's just yeah, I, I feel the same way about the other D lineman uh, they drafted late, which is Colby Wooden from from Auburn, right? Big body, and, and they lost. Uh, the Packers lost both Dean Lowry and Jaron Reed this offseason. So yeah. All right, number what? Give me another one. Number forty-seven on the list. Who do you got here then? I'm, I'm, I'm sticking to the well, Jaden Reed. Yeah, sure. Do you know? No, him? no, no. Let's go Clifford. Oh, go Clifford. No, not going to. Oh, my God. <laughs> he doesn't know any of these. Like, All right, let me, let me rephrase. I'm actually going to go Tay Wicks here from Virginia, Dontavian Wicks. You should have stayed with Reed. Darn it. Uh, hats off to Green Bay for investing in pass catchers for a new quarterback. Reed was a bit of a reach on my board, but the receiver run was in full effect when the pick was turned in. He also gives the Packers a solid slot target with post-catch bursts to turn short passes into huge gains, something that 2022 first or second round of Christian Watson does well. So I could, that's a, you know, there's a, a little bit of a reason to be excited there. Yeah, I mean, big playability is always fun to hear. When they're talking hey, about the Matt, you know nothing, okay? You're not allowed to give analysis. Yeah. No, my point was he started breaking down the position. Both of you start breaking out a tight end position and how they have to go. And I think the tight end room's scary. That's why we're breaking it down. It's a scary room right now, right? Like I love both the picks, but I, it's it's going to be a weird year, man. It's going to be weird. It will, but I mean, I I found this interesting. It's funny that all of you you kind of all just disagree with it here. Is the question is is there another Packer on this list? Do you guys think there is top one hundred picks? <laughs> yes. I'm going to say no since you're asking the question. Yes. Now who is it? Tay Wicks. Uh, no. Sean Clifford. Who did you say? Oh yeah, Dontavian Wicks. Yeah, you said Tay. Yeah, Dontavian Wicks, number eighty six. The selections of Luke Musgrave and Jaden Reed were highlighted above, but let's not sleep on the fifth rounder. Wicks has potential in Green Bay. Six foot one, two hundred six pounds. Wicks plays big. Above the rim and to stand out on 50-50 balls, uh, he could complement the run and catch styles of Watson and Reed very well. That's encouraging news. Like hearing that as a Packer. Uh, that's really great stuff right there from Matt Miller. Thanks for the compliments, Matt. Let's give him a round of applause. All right, Van Ness not on the list. Bunch of babies. Well, it's a great pick regardless. Van, is they it, call though? Hercules. Is it? Mike Mamula comes to mind with Van Ness. Michael Mueller was a guy who was at played Boston College and shot up the boards because he had a great combine. And everyone thought he was going to explode in the NFL. And he he was fine, but he washed. Like he was a guy that went from probably like a third, fourth round pick to high up on the list. I think it's just intriguing. But none of you want to play because you're a bunch of brats. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. <laughs> you're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. Miss any of the show? Find full show podcasts free on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts. What do you guys feel about the media having an influence on the dollars that certain players make? I asked this question because it was revealed that Mark Jackson was the lone person who did who voted against uh, Yoke for MVP uh, a couple years ago, and I just don't understand 
or like how the media can have control over the dollars that some of these guys make. For an example, all NBA at times is voted on from media chiming in. Other different Pro Bowl, different things where media is involved. The problem with that is it's tied often contract incentives. We talked about this with Jordan Love, tied to you getting voted in. Like John Morant didn't get uh, enough votes to get a giant escalator in his contract, and now he is hurting in money, and the media definitely had a part in that poll, in in that voting. And and it gets dicey. Look at Aaron Rodgers, and and that's a little bit of an extreme, but if Aaron Rodgers has some of his pay determined by things that are voted on by the media, that's not the best <laughs> that's not the best way to things to operate. I agree hundred uh, percent go on that. Yeah, uh, and the media can benefit you, right? If you're like a media darling, mm-hmm. people are gonna be more likely to want to invest in you because you're around the media a lot. You're gonna bring attention to whatever brands that uh, you garner. So it's kind of a double edged sword in the sense that it can benefit you tremendously. To be in the media a lot. But if you're on, obviously, the wrong side, it's you're going to lose everything. And it can affect, yeah, your actual contract. It seems weird, but at the same time, that you need like to have a, a standard. And if the standard is being a first-team All-Pro and the media has some sort of say in that, then that's just kind of is what it is. So here's, what, here's why I think it's messed up. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. All NBA snub costs Grizzlies John Moran $39 million. Who votes on the NBA? 100 sports writers and broadcasters. So if they decide they don't like John Morant's stuff with the the off-the-field stuff, off-the-court stuff, right. now they get to decide that John Morant is now out $39 million in escalators. Because well, long story short, if he had gotten, so. if he got third-team NBA... But it's all, he could have been voted first, second, third, and gotten in there. That if he would have gotten it, then he would have been hit the escalator to bump his salary up a ton. This isn't the only time it's happened. Other players have missed right. out on things, and the media voting on it, I don't love it. Either this should be removed from their contract. But isn't that how MVP is voted as well? Like, but, wasn't it a whole thing with, like, Hub Arkish? For, forget, the, forget the voting part of it. I'm saying tying this to your contract, I think, is unfair because you're taking something that is abstract. The media's feelings about you could affect it. John Morant could have missed this by four votes because four guys said, I don't like what he did off the court. And now he's out $39 million. I don't have a problem with the media voting on it. I have a problem with the dollars being attached to things that media vote on. Yeah, I mean, yeah. No, I, I, I certainly get it, and there's definitely reason for some people in the, in the media to not have voted for John Morant this year, given his off-field extracurriculars. Um, yeah, we don't have to fo- focus on that one. It's not the first time it's happened. No, it's not, but it's the, it's the recent one, and the reason you're bringing it up, and yeah, like it's definitely a tough sell, but you, they're hoping that most of these media people are basing it off of play. On the field. That's like the hope, right? They probably don't say vote on this whether you like the guy or not. They're supposed to vote based on how they play on the court and off shouldn't be a part of it. So, like, is the issue that they're not sending it to the right people because they're clearly not voting on it in Dan Levitard, here's the thing. Dan Levitard exposed this a while ago. He got kicked off of voting for uh, Major League Baseball because he revealed his because he wanted to point out how, how silly it is that certain players are left out because baseball writers got their feelings hurt or they don't like this sort of thing. I don't, and that's different because that doesn't control the power. It's the power of legacy 
but media has kind of controlled the power of legacy for a long time. The power power of dollars being attached to a media person who, with one or th- with like three or four other people, could ruin someone. I mean, thirty nine million dollars is a large chunk of money that John Morant is now out, and it could be more because all these escalators aren't hit going forward. And the fact that the media, the fact that contracts are being tied to something that the media has control over, I don't, enjoy, I don't, I'm not a fan of it. I think it's it's kind of messed up. Because I, I mean, it definitely seems like something a team would do in their favor, right? Like a team would do this because... In theory, you, can, you talk about gambling. You talk right. about that could you be corrupted. Couldn't a team corrupt a few reporters because they don't want to pay the $39 million? Think. That would seem more likely to me than a player throwing a game. A team going out of the way to throw some extra cash to a reporter to corrupt some things. Or feed bad information to a reporter or questionable information to a reporter that they then leak out and then all of a sudden there's a smear campaign against a player. I mean, I, yeah, it's certainly possible. I just think that that's one of those clauses that you throw in there as a team because you're like, this is not – there's not hard numbers. This is subjective. They, they could be one of the best ever, but it's going to come to a vote. So there's no guarantee that they're going to get it. Like, we might not have to pay them. It's like a way to save money potentially. Right, but I think that's messed up because to me it allows for corruption and vindictiveness. It, 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 no, it is but, a little like, bit, but someone, then what's the point of these – I mean – the, then the award is just purely prestige. You could you could move it a little bit. Yeah, they were purely uh, you know previously just prestige. This was written. These are things that have been written in now in the collective bargaining agreement. Right. And I know Darren Deerfield pointed out. Do you that think these, the players have asked for this? Like this is something that they might have wanted. Is like you can tie contracts to whether I'm first team, second or third team All Pro. Like is that? Do you think this is something exclusively thought up by the teams and the NFL, or do you think this is something that? The players might have wanted. I think it's that part's not relevant right now. I think they need to change it. Is my point well, that I, I mean, think if going it's something forward, something they wanted and then they're burned on it, then it's like, well, but you, so you, you they asked should, for but it. But they should fix it going forward because you shouldn't just screw someone over and say, "Well, you you didn't know it was going to screw you over, so now you just have to live with it forever." Like we should not be functioning like that. That oh, now you're getting jobs, so you just get you continue to get it because well, tough I mean, cookies. On that same note, they might be like, "Well, there's no way I'm not making an All Pro team, so there's no way I'm going to miss out on this 37 but, million." But that's not. I mean, that's it's for all the players and not just the premier ones. Right. I think this is something that will and should be renegotiated. Maybe it's a certain amount of votes as opposed to do you make it? Yeah, I don't know. I because don't know what the answer is. This but. to me, you talk about corruption with gambling. This to me screams like this is easily corruptible. Yes, that Memphis could put out a smear campaign. Let's not forget they put out a smear campaign on Dylan Brooks the second the season ended, saying. In no way, shape, or form are we considering re-signing Dylan Brooks. You created the culture that Dylan Brooks grew up in that acted like this, and you promoted it throughout, and then the one time he acts the way you don't like it, now you act like, oh, my God, we, we're never going to sign this guy. He, oh. Wasn't like, again, Memphis also fudging like that guy's – the statistician was fudging the guy's like block or steal numbers so he could win defensive player of the year? I, that I don't know. We'll have to ask Eric name next time we talk to him because I'm pretty sure there was a guy in Memphis who was cheating the rules for someone on their team. We'll talk to Eric name when the uh, the Bucks end up hiring a coach. That is for sure. We'll be back at it tomorrow. He's Hamilton. I'm Rutledge. Just Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light.